This podcast has been recorded in the Dish with One Spoon territory. We acknowledge and extend our appreciation to the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, the Anishinaabe, and the Haudenosaunee for sharing their land with us. We also recognize that our listeners are all over the province and on other important Indigenous lands with their own treaties and unceded territories. With a recognition that we all have obligations to those treaties and to Indigenous peoples across Canada, we encourage our listeners to learn more about the Indigenous history in the communities where they live and work. Hello and welcome to Holiday Hours, the OBA CPD podcast exclusively offered to OBA members on the go. I'm Lynn Vickers, immediate past president of the OBA, and I'm delighted to present you a special momentum-themed edition of the Holiday Hours podcast. This edition of Holiday Hours is a six-part series of interviews with Ontario lawyers who are taking some unique and important steps in finding ways to make the profession better for all of us. These interviews were originally recorded at the OBA's Momentum Summit, which took place in the early fall of 2019. The summit featured lawyers from around the world, professionals in other industries, and trailblazers right here at home who all shared their insights and gave our participants strategies they can start to implement in their own workplaces. We invited lawyer and journalist Paula Todd to interview our guests. And she did a great job in drawing out stories and examples that are sure to inspire you. Paula spoke with Lindsay Agard, a lawyer and lobbyist in the Government Relations and Strategy Group at Faskin. After starting her career as a litigator, Lindsay worked as a senior advisor to the Premier of Ontario and to the President of the Treasury Board. In this candid interview, Lindsay talks about how she's worked out a flexible arrangement with her firm and how that's working for her and Faskin's. It's a real-life example of leaning into lawyers' needs so that they can bring their very best to work to the benefit of their firm and their clients. Take a listen. Lindsay has a story, and it's much more of a success story today than it would have been 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, and perhaps... This is a success story that can't be written in your firm right now, which is why we're going to talk about it. Lindsay went into law, came out of law, did different things, became a mom, all kinds of stuff. And she is going to tell us how she did it and how she feels about it. Great. And very happy to be here in large part because I feel like I've benefited a lot over the years from hearing individual stories from individual people, from people that I worked with. And so unlike a lot of the other things that you're going to be hearing today, I I don't have the background of speaking with a whole bunch of other people. This is just my story that I'm actually quite happy with where I am right now. And that's always a good thing that that you want to talk about. So I started in law as a litigation associate. I loved the work and the group and where I was. And an opportunity came up to leave to go work as political staff at the provincial government. So I'd been an associate at that point for about four years and was also wondering how this was going to work in the future. At that point, I had two small kids 
So there, that was in the back of my mind. But certainly going to become political staff is not a lifestyle choice. <laughs> so that was not one that I made to try and necessarily find that better work-life balance. But it really was an opportunity that I felt I couldn't pass up because I'd always been passionate about politics. So I went to work for the deputy premier at the time and then ended up working for, for the premier and premier's office. Kathleen Wynne, That's in case right. you're wondering. Yes. The, and then, because that just leads naturally to the fact that along with 200 of my closest friends, we all uh, lost our jobs in <laughs> June 2018. Also not something you were unprepared for as political staff. And at that point, I found myself having been for an equal number of years, a lawyer, and then essentially in a senior policy political role. And I, at that point, didn't quite know what I wanted to do other than I really liked both of those things. One of the doors has at least temporarily closed. And but how was I going to get back into law? Because I did really like it. And as I was exploring lots of different things, it turns out at the firm I'm at now, uh, Faskin, there's a, actually a government relations group or there's sort of a little mini GR group where there's lobbying done actually in the firm on behalf of clients, as well as political law and advice on election law compliance and, and everything like that. So substantively, that sounded great, really interesting. But how was I going to find a way to now work with the current phase of my life, which was growing children, just had a very intense period of time. And I, I needed to figure out a way to recalibrate a little bit. And the council arrangement is something that we started talking about. And partly why I'm very happy to be talking about it here is I had not considered that as much as I had spent literally months at that point in time considering what I might be doing and what I wanted to do. I wasn't aware of the flexibility of this arrangement that just happened to be something that is done quite a lot in this particular group. And so that's where I am now. I'm counsel at Faskin and have found the flexibility that comes with that really interesting and uh, very, very helpful. I don't know about you, but I really wanted to know, how does it yes. work? How, do how do does this? it work? How many hours right. do you get paid? You know, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. I know you get paid, but you get paid enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, being paid was not one of the compromises that I was prepared to make with, with any of these things. Good, 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 good. So I think it, it did come down to a consideration on my part of a number of things. Like what, what's the capital that I'm bringing here? Not capital in the financial sense, but what do I have to offer? And at that point, I, I wanted to use those last four years of my career because that's half of my career at that point in time. And how was I going to do that? So I felt like at that point, okay, I, I know government and politics that I know. And I also know law firm clients, the service standard that's expected, um, the problems that they have, and how to work within that system. So I, I was able to figure out, okay, at this point in time, almost 10 years after being called to the bar, I know roughly how things are working and I can bring that to the firm. I knew that I also needed to be a bit flexible. In some ways, it might be, you know, could be compensation related. It doesn't have to be. In my case, physical work space. I wanted to be low overhead. This was a new area for me. I had never lobbied. And here this was going to become my, I was confident I could do well, but this was going to become my new, my new thing. So as I figured it out and figured out how I was going to make money for the firm, basically, at this, I wanted to be as low overhead as possible. I work in an open concept space. I work from home a couple days a week. There's travel involved sometimes. It just works for this particular group. I also use the pool. I use the assistance pool that's there. It's an incredible resource available at most large firms. And that was another way I felt, okay, so I'm going into this as independent, as lean and mean as I can be at this. And we're going to see how this goes. 
So that's roughly how it, so some of the parameters that I went into with it. And after that, it's, it's just a negotiation, like any other negotiation, where you're trying to figure out all of the different levers. Is there going to be a base salary? Are you going to be an employee or an independent contractor? I didn't feel prepared enough at that point, nor did I feel like I knew the business well enough to structure it as an independent contractor type relationship. And, and you know, there's a lot of security that comes with being an employee. I, I like being part of a team like that. <laughs> and so you go into that negotiation like that. And the one thing I will say that's key there, so I'm about six months in. So this is, please take that also. <laughs> this is new. It's new for everyone. And the flexibility and the open dialogue that I think you need to have with your group and uh, certainly with, with the firm itself is really key because there's a lot of trust that has to go on here. They trust that I'm going to do the work and, and, and work as hard as I can with a somewhat flexible arrangement. And I'm also trusting that they value what I'm doing and we're going to find a way to smooth things out if ever there might be any bumps along the road in the arrangement. I'm going to go back to Deborah's alphabet because it's already serving me. M. Manage your time. Oh, right. I have found that when you're good at something, which clearly you are, a huge vacuum suddenly opens and all of your time and skill is just sucked right into it. And it would be possible yeah. to lose very quickly that space you built around yourself. How do you manage your time? How do you say no? Right. And so that's something that I, I'm sure that I will continue to deal with for the rest of my career, as we all will. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the way that, that I've approached it, I really need to stress, too, that this works very well because it's a slightly different practice. You know, there's lobbying, there's compliance, but there's just sort of different work involved that can somewhat like sometimes be a bit more flexible, certainly than I had experienced in, in other areas of law. You need to try and control the workflow as much as possible and project out as much as you can. I mean, these are the old time management tricks. You know, try and plan your schedule. What's this going to look like in two months? What's going to pop up? What can I get in the can right now? Is there something, luckily, you know, there's resources at a firm. Is there something that I can get some student help on right now that's going to serve me well when I have time a week from now to take a look at that background research? So trying to project out as much as possible. And right now, and this is the beauty of having sort of a flexible target, if you will, and not a lot of pressure in that sense, is I try and control simply the amount. And we all work as a team on a lot of things. People understand that the, you know this is my arrangement, very upfront about that right from the beginning. You're there for your team when you need to be, but I, I think there's also a recognition that you're there trying to handle things a bit differently. And just finally, what's the reaction? Do you have pushback from anyone? Do you have support from anyone? How do you go about growing, I'm going to say, yeah. the support over the pushback? So the reaction's really good. And actually, that a couple things that I've observed over the last six months that I'd hoped would pan out and have are that you are granted a certain amount of seniority or at the very least mystery with your <laughs> counsel that can sometimes work to your advantage because counsel can cover so many different things. And, and it does. It, it can be someone who's had a sort of a lifetime career. It can be someone who you know has a particular advisory type role at the firm. It can be someone who actually practices. And I actually think that that serves because like it or not, it can be easy to be pigeonholed one way or another depending on title. It serves me well because it gives me this cover, if you will, to sort of present myself and what I do and try and make the impression that way rather than people coming to this with a preformed notion. The other reason, and 
again, six months in, I'm not really looking at it from this perspective quite yet. But in theory, this is an arrangement that can be cranked up and down depending on what you and the firm need at that point in time. There's different ways to look at hours. There's different ways to, to look at how you credit someone with client development. This is something that if someone could be on this path, if they were, you know, in theory, I'm just going to say, you could work to build your book of business as counsel, just as you can, let's say, as a senior associate. There's many possibilities. And it's sort of, it's nice to have the sense that it's a bit of an experiment. Everyone's being very open-minded, and we're just going to see how it goes. I'd like to say thank you, but I would also like to point out that your time management. Oh, yeah. See, it's not even blinking yet. Almost. She's brought this fabulous <laughs> debriefing in uh, three. She's, you've got three minutes left. Okay. And I know because this is your personal time, you, you, you'd probably like to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's it. This is a, all that I've scheduled. No. And I will say I'm definitely not leaving because just like I have over the years enjoyed hearing everything from sort of the broader look at things as well as in people's individual experiences. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the day. And thanks very much. Bravo. Thank you very much. Be sure to check out the other interviews in this series. And if you want to watch the full program from the OBA's Momentum Summit and collect more than five hours of EDI accreditation, visit oba.org forward slash CPD to purchase a recorded video. Everyone benefits from gender equality and everyone has a role to play in advancing gender equality. Let's keep the momentum going.